Welcome back to Poppers and Pylons, the new name for the Midlands Baffer Div 1 coverage show. James is not with me this time as he is feeling under the weather at the last minute. And to be honest, I've had no voice for the last week, so we couldn't do it any earlier. So it's just me today, just in time to get the roundup and predictions for next game day before the weekend. So with four game days played and just two to go, we are certainly over that halfway point and everyone is looking for a spot in the final. Let's take a look at last game day's results and see where that puts everyone with playoff contention in mind. Last game day, the Coventry Panthers hosted at Earlsland RFC with plenty of action. The accumulator results have told us there were a lot of upsets with no one getting all eight games right, but we are adding one person to the prize pool which I'll announce at the end of this segment. In game one, the Cougars beat the Honey Badgers with the biggest score of the division so far at 73-0. A punishing opening game of the day which certainly set the Cougars up for a punishing day as you'll find out in the scores to come. It was then the rematch of Bears vs Panthers. Panthers lost that by 10 points, taking it to a final score of 48-38. A very different score to the last time they played the Panthers. Richard Greaves of the Bears has written to us and has said, The game was probably his best game in a year or so. The Bears really committed to taking Mason Reed away early and it paid off for a drive. Then the two squads just kept trading scores for the most part. Yes, Greaves, I definitely agree it was a trading blow situation before you started to run away with it in the second half there. The Cougars then shut out the Neptunes at 26-0. Only myself and Ben Ansel of the Scorpions put the Cougars down to win that matchup and it certainly was a decisive win over the top dogs of the division. I couldn't help but notice the Neptunes QB nursing his elbow after a few throws and Gorski coming in at QB for a lengthy time so I do wonder if there was a problem there on offense for that game. I did manage to watch most of this one on the day and I have to say that the Cougars were ruthless especially with their short cross routes. The Neptunes defense were being pulled away which always left someone in that slot position open, a very well drilled strategy that was indeed working. The Cougars ate their way up the field and very rarely put in a risky ball and when they did they usually caught it. They do have a guy who I think wears Jamaican flags, I might be wrong, to be fair the guy was too fast to even see them when he's not stood still, who was making a load of great plays in that game so shout out to him, someone tag him in the comments. The Bears certainly were on form that day as they then beat the Phantoms 46 points to 23. Greaves has said the Phantoms had a hard job to take anything away with their squad size, but they're a nice bunch and their QB has a deceptive reach on defense and he is now a big fan. James has also said he was shocked on the size of the Phantom squad, uh, so double insight into the Phantom struggles that day. He also stated that with Greaves not having to play both sides has made a big difference, so a token to a slightly larger squad than normal for the Bears there. Next, finally it took four game days but we had our Coventry derby in Coventry. The Panthers certainly didn't want to lose at home to our local rivals but unfortunately it wasn't to be as we lost out 35 points to 20. Some defensive mistakes including plenty from myself certainly left a few holes in the field for their QBs to drop a ball into. I took with me some insight from the Neptunes Cougars game and hoped we could shut out those cross routes which I think we did for the majority of the time but of course the Cameron Cougars being a very adaptable team then poked the holes in this defensive strategy. On offense, James says the Panthers started strongly, but after a few given penalties, the rain then started to put them off and caused them to lose some momentum, which the Cougars capitalized on and gathered their own in the other direction. The closest game of the day came from the Honey Badgers as they trailed just two points behind the Phantoms at a game ending 14 points to 12 in favor to the team in red. Could that have been a very different result if a few more minutes had been played, I wonder, with the Phantoms squad size taken into account? In the final game slots, the Panthers' home team then took on top-of-the-table team, the Neptunes, who hadn't had a great day against the Cougars so far. I think the Panthers went into this doing the maths and thinking, well, we scored more on the Cougars than they did, so theoretically this should be a win, no? I mean, you would think so, but as always, this is flag football and things change drastically and are hard to predict. Caught out in both position and speed, the Panthers allowed more than a few over-the-top throws, allowing the Neptune to slip out of our clutches and the game ended 44-24. A zero-win home day for us Panthers who are looking to U-turn this streak come Saturday. 
And finally, we had a repeat Nottingham derby with the Bears still maintaining their stature against their local rivals. The Honey Badgers did manage to score on them though, which is an improvement on their part compared to their shutout in Cheltenham, but the Bears proved too much as the game ended 39-6. to In Groove's notes, he said that there is an obvious rebuild happening at the Honey Badgers. He said they are much nicer as a squad these days, but does have some points he'd like to raise that he's noticed. Firstly, neither QB looks left unless it's a handoff or a deep shot, which makes it very easy to play against. Also, he says the defense seems disjointed and need to start playing more complimentary if they are to stop these high scores coming through. He has given some positives, though, on some individual efforts. He's noticed that one of their slot receivers slash running backs need more touch on the ball, and their total receiver should also see more of the ball rather than just being the deep target every so often. Greaves, if you can work out who you mean, please put those in the comments so we can commend them properly. Still encouraging and constructive stuff to take their honey badges. Now, with all those fixture results in, we do have someone to add to the prize pool, and it's none other than Mr. First and 15 himself, Marcus Gambrell, who gets six games out of eight right. He was let down on the Bears Panthers results and the Cougars Neptune result for the perfect eight, but he did enough to beat everybody else, and he gains entry to that pool for the end of the season. Let's now see how the table looks after all that game day four action. The Cowan Cougars now sit at the top of the table, having nine wins in 10 games. The Neptunes have dropped down to second with the same number of wins, but in 11 games. The Phantoms have held on to their third place position with five wins in nine games, but the Bears are on their backs in fourth with six wins in 11. The Panthers have dropped from third to fifth after their disappointing home game day and stood at four wins out of 10. And the Honey Badgers are in sixth with their one win this season. Let's hope they can add some more before the season is out. Okay, let's look ahead to this weekend as teams travel to Manchester and Salford for game day five as it's cross-conference game day part two. Let's look over at the Salford game day first. I feel we can offer a little insight here as we know all the teams involved having played them all at least once this season. First up, we have the Cowan Cougars versus the Salford Scorpions, a new top dog for the Scorpions to contend with. Uh, they made light work of the Neptunes last time, um, but I put down the Cougars might take this one. James disagrees and thinks the Scorpions may have a tough time against Cowan, but he thinks the Cowan travels will mean the Scorpions edge it. Happening at the same time is the Northants Phantoms versus the Chorley Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have been sitting at the bottom of their table until they beat the Serpents, um, so I think the Phantoms will edge this one, and James also agrees. The Phantoms get no time to rest, though, as they are then playing straight away again against the Wirral Vikings. I've put down the Vikings to win this one, uh, but James has said the Phantoms are in the same boat as the Vikings, which I love, but a play on words there. I think what James means is how they both have some wins under their belts, but they have not been the most consistent in terms of scores or squad sizes. He continues that the Phantoms show up they'll win if it's the same viking squad that played the panthers on the previous cross-conference game day then the vikings have no chance some interesting points raised there we then have the salford scorpions against the nottingham honey badgers top of the north division versus the bottom of the midlands division uh we think it's only going to go one way we think the scorpions are going to take this one and fairly decisively too Next, the Cowan Cougars versus the Chorley Buccaneers, and we know from this week alone the Cougars are really good at exploiting uh, sort of failing defense. And we we've said before that the Buccaneers have had a, a struggling defense compared to their offense that have always been able to put up points, but never quite get that win. Apart from, of course, the Serpents game that they've played. Uh, we think the Cougars going to take this one, and by quite a bit. Next up, the Honey Badgers versus the Wirral Vikings. Uh, Honey Badgers, this could be a really good game for you if Vikings turn up with the same team they had at the previous cross game day. Then Honey Badgers are in with a shot here, but if they turn up with what Ali was saying to us a few weeks ago with a large team with rotating offense and defense then you could be in a little bit of trouble so we've put down Vikings to win this one but honey badgers give them hell 
James has said that he expects the Salford Scorpions to win all of their games this game day. We've already disagreed with one of them, with Cameron Cougars, um, but I am going to agree with him here against the Northern's Phantoms. I think Scorpions will edge that game for sure. The Phantoms have a big day here, trying to cling on to that third play position, but with teams such as the Vikings and the Scorpions, it's going to be a real tough, need-to-win basis kind of day. In the final game slot, we have the Nottingham Honey Badgers versus the Chorley Buccaneers. It's put down the Honey Badgers to win this one, and it's a very doable thing, Honey Badgers. Just got to make sure you keep players like Reed at bay. Not Mason Reed, a different Reed, but a very similar kind of Reed as he plays receiver and gets into those difficult positions and ends up winning the ball when he really shouldn't do. Uh, so do keep Reed at bay and you're in with a shot, but I've put Buccaneers down to win this one, so prove me wrong, Honey Badgers. Prove me wrong. And finally, the Whirl Vikings versus the Cowan Cougars. Uh, we think the Cougars are going to take this one by storm, and I think Cougars are going to win every game that day. Um, James obviously disagrees with the Salford Scorpions, but I think they'll take that Vikings team for a ride. Now let's look at the other side with some teams gathering in Manchester. Uh, we don't know too much about the Northern teams here, so simply going from the results of the last cross-conference game day, uh, in Nottingham, the Titans lost to the Phantoms 53-42, a really high-scoring game there, um, but then lost to the Cougars 31-20, so that was within two scores. From these results, we can see the Titans can put up a fight. We know the Cougars can exploit a struggling defence, and the Phantoms have their system style of playing, so those things considered, perhaps the Titans' defence is their weakest point as their offence can obviously put up scores. Our Division's teams need to have a really good defense this week against Titans and an adaptable offense by the looks of it. Adapting to their defensive mistakes could take this for a win. The Serpents, on the other hand, had big scores put up against them by the Cougars and Phantoms, 46 points and 63 points, with them returning just one score in both games. The Honey Badgers got their first win this season against them with their score of 25-21. to Again, a defensive struggle happening there. I think if our division teams can maintain a good offense against the Serpents, it should be a fairly convincing win. If teams have players that go both ways, perhaps to secure that win, they could put those incredibly able players on offense, mainly to take a dominant early lead to ensure that win and set their tempo of the match. First up, we have the Nottingham Bears versus the Manchester Titan B team. Uh, I've put down the Bears to win this one, and James has responded with the Manchester Titans to win this one. This will be a really interesting one to watch at the start of the day. No other teams are playing, so the Northern teams get a look at the Bears, and we can get a look at the Manchester Titans and sort of try and work out a game plan in time for our games against them. Next up, we have the Serpents versus the Cheltenham Neptunes. Uh, we think this is going to go a similar way to the Scorpions versus the Honey Badgers. We think it's more of an experience thing. Um, so perhaps they've got a few newer players. We're not sure about the Serpents, really. I've, I've never played them before. Uh, but we think the Neptunes, just from principle, are going to take this uh, quite a few points against the Serpents. We then have the Titans who are currently sat second in their division against the second in division Cheltenham Neptunes. With this a much closer game, um, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see what they can do against the Neptunes, but we think Neptunes coming out of an higher, probably beating the Serpents, we think they'll take that one as well. After an hour's break, then the Bears will then take on the Serpents. I'm not too sure the Serpents will be too happy about losing to the Neptunes, if that indeed happens, and I'm sure we're looking to take it out on the Bears as soon as possible. So I think they're going to come out really strong, looking for a couple of early points, uh, but we ultimately think the Bears will take that one. The Panthers have a bit of a long day that day as we aren't playing until that third and fourth game day slot at 1pm and 2pm, uh, first against the Titans B team. Now, of course, this all depends on how the Titans come out from facing the Neptunes. We're hoping they're a bit deflated. We're hoping they're a bit uh, ticked off. And when they come to see us, then we hope that we can really capitalize on some of their mistakes. Um, obviously, we don't want to lose any games this week after our disappointing home game day. So we'll be looking to come out really hard and get some points on the board as soon as possible against that Titans team.
James agrees and thinks we're going to win both of our games that day. Of course, our second one is against the West Lancashire Serpents, and we're hoping to put up a lot of points there to try and gain some field advantage and to try and get some point advantage in that table to catch up with those Phantoms. Groove says that by the looks of it, Manchester Bees are similar strength as the Bears, Panthers and the Phantoms. He thinks if both of our teams can field some of our strongest scores, we should both win by a score or two in both games. Of course, as members of the Panthers, James and I don't particularly want to see a Midland Division blow out this cross-conference as our chances of getting into those playoffs narrow with each division victory. But compared to the previous cross-conference game day, I'd be very surprised to see one of our teams lose in Manchester this weekend. There's every chance our division could storm the day in Salford too. Again, we'd rather they didn't for our own table positioning, but go get some Midlands. And that's all for this week on Poppers and Pylons. A little bit of a short one this week, as I haven't got anyone with me this time around. Uh, but as our next episode, we'll be looking at the final regular season game day. We'll be looking at some individual efforts over the season and see who'll be taking those top spots for receiving touchdowns, tackles, sacks, PBUs, and the QB shootout, of course. Let's see if our intel can spur anyone on to just get that extra tackle or catch to push them into that top on game day six. I've been Kirk, and I'll see you in the north, all Midlanders. And once again, for everybody, fill out that accumulator to get into the prize pool for the end of the season. Both James and I, and maybe even a guest, will see you on our next one.